good to see you guys. It's nice to see you a couple of times a week on our uh, various formats. Light Shed Live. Which it is good all... to see other humans, Brand. I'm just curious, like we've done some of these Zooms. Yeah. What is it with these clients that they don't like to, they don't like to flip their cameras on? I don't know. I, I've, I've been threatening clients that they have to put their cameras on or they can't join the Zooms. Yeah. Um, so we need to have need, a little, you, you know. You need to be a little more forceful, but I do like to see okay. people. I always look forward to seeing your visor of the day. Thank you. What is this? Pardon my French. Yeah. Why does nobody use oh. virtual backgrounds other than the three of us? Like, why is like, I just, people are not using them. I don't understand. At all. Um, I don't know. It could, so be, easy. could be a lot of Mac power. airs out there that can't handle it technically. Right. I guess it's extra buttons. pretty simple. There's a lot of buttons, Rich. A lot of buttons. To press. Not everyone is as tech savvy as Rich Greenfield. That's for sure. Uh, that's for sure. Head of the light shed IT department. <laughs> I just call myself restart printer when I, it's not working. I, I, it's good to see your quality has improved, Brandon. You don't no longer look like Obi Wan. Yeah, I actually figured it out. If you clean the camera lens, <laughs> um, then you come in much clearer. By the way, I also bought my very first webcam. And it's it's in the box upstairs. I didn't, why I didn't, wouldn't you have deployed that for this? I don't know. I figured that I would debut it next week during whatever no, live we're gonna do. What are, what okay. are we calling this product anyway? By the way, guys. Yeah, for now, it's live from the shed. For now. For now. Which I think fits. You know, I just think that fits. Like we're live from our distanced offices, which are our homes. I don't know. Like, well, maybe we'll figure out a better brand. But for oh, right we're now, not in the shed though. This is the virtual shed. Look, we were going to do a podcast called "Live from the Shed" when we first started Light Shed. That was sort of the, the concept we were playing with. But why do a podcast now when we can do video? It seems well, more some fun. Some people might end up be li listening to this for, for that brand. That I don't. I don't think I like it. But this, I guess, this is a little window into how um, branding decisions are made at Lightshed. It took us what three months to come up with the name Lightshed. Anyway, I but, get really good feedback on Lightshed, and that was a battle. I think yeah, it was a compromise. It was a good compromise. Um, Mostly you compromising. Yeah, but I, you but know, I mean, there, there, there is like the word Lightshed. It does have special meaning to me, which. I'm not going to really talk about now. I'm going to, I'm going to leave be a that. future episode. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to drop that. What do they call them? What do they call those things that you like, you know, people. Well, like with Saturday Night Live, they have like the online extras, right? Like, or, you know, the, the little extra no, segments. What do they call those Marvel, those Marvel things that they drop into movies like that, you know, are little. Oh, um, uh, Easter eggs. Yeah. That'll be, you're going to drop that, that Easter egg into a future, a future um, broadcast or whatever the hell we're calling this. And then. That's an awesome idea. Okay, so there's, I think there's two major things that have happened since we last got together yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. One is, these are very important, Rich has decided to be the first member of Lightshed to get an at-home haircut. I have warned Rich. Hold on, time out. You, when you idea. say first, when you say first, you, you think that a second or third will actually occur? No, I don't think anyone else is, is willing to do no. that. I, I've, warned, I've warned Rich that you should never cut your hair unless you're 
actually going to buzz the whole thing off, especially when you're such a public personality as you are. Yeah, right? Rich. I mean, you're on CNBC, you're on Light Shed Live. I mean, and you all, look very all, well coiffed now. So I don't. Yeah, this is a pretty this, high risk. Do we have an insurance policy for this brand? I think we need to look into that. I don't know. The good news is, if he really screws it up, um, we could just make a zoom background that puts hair back on him. That's true. That's true. The snap camera. The snap <laughs> camera. There's got to be some type of filter right. we can use. So we are living in a digital age, and and we can certainly uh, figure out a way to touch him up, even even when it's live. So that's number one. Number two last night was the NFL draft, which. I was very personally looking forward to, with no sports, I was pretty much Googling NFL mock draft 2020 over and over. I mean, everyone was fired up about it, right? There was crazy predictions by, you know, some people about the number of, do we have a viewer count? We don't. I mean, we, we know that we know that 12 million, I think, is the biggest number ever. But uh, you well, know, how do these I'm, stats work, uh, Rich? Because, you know, obviously, Brandon, as he points out, everyone was super excited about it. I was super excited. Um, Got to say, major, major letdown. Really boring. It was boring. It was so straight boring. I don't know if it's boring every year. Maybe every year I just kind of tune in for the first few picks and the Giants pick. Um, but. It, it was pretty boring last night, maybe because Todd McShay wasn't But, but there. hold on. Stop, both of you. Stop, both of you. Stop. I, I, hold on. Yeah. Let's hear it. At 11 o'clock at night, probably 11.50 mm-hmm. at night, I was getting text messages from you about the draft. So you were still watching, like, what late into the I, night. Yeah, yeah. What else am I going to watch? I was waiting for DeAndre oh. Swift. Oh. Uh, okay. So yeah. It was, I don't they, care whether it was boring or not. You were watching was, for hours. Of course. Well, th- these were my choices, right? I could have either watched, continued to watch the draft, or watched Trump clips of him telling people to inject themselves with, I don't know, home cleaner, um, <laughs> which, I, which I had done several times before <laughs> earlier in the night. Well, my question um, is the stats are, do the stats, is it the starting stats or when do they measure it? Because I remember when, when NFL um, ratings were down a couple of years ago, one of the excuses was tune out, right? So when are, when, ratings are average minute. Look, look on his face. No, no, no. Ratings are average minute audience. So it measures across the entire length of the broadcast is when you see ratings. And so we don't have them yet. I mean, there's some early numbers, but they don't mean anything. You, you want to see the numbers later? What's your guess based on the early numbers, Rich? I mean, I think my 15 million is good to go at least. I think it'll be better than that, but we'll see. Well, it's interesting because I, I had made a grand prediction that the Travis Scott appearance in Fortnite would do better than the NFL draft. I read an article in everybody's favorite and most important newspaper, USA Today. Oh, um, are you staying at a hotel? <laughs> with, a, with a quote, I think from Epic that said something like 12.7-ish in-game yesterday. And we know, I think there was 1.7 on YouTube and 1.1 or 2 when all was said and done um, in in Twitch and then maybe like 500 in Mixer um, or whatever it was. Not 500,000, obviously. Right, so it could be a 15 um, million, or it could be the 15 million it ballpark. Be a, it could be around 15 million, but obviously there are differences. And when we analyze esports and, and, and things of the like, generally TV ratings are average minute audience. 
and not and views and the other total views no, or not, not the first two minute views out. like uh, Netflix uses or correct, <laughs> correct. <laughs> right so when all is said and done I, I think apples to apples it sounds like the NFL draft is going to is going to beat Travis Scott Fortnite and I'm always good about raising my hand and admitting when I'm wrong but we'll see if I'm actually wrong Someone just someone just tweeted that dude Manny and Keel I think tweeted that no one should be making those comparisons. I'm not sure what his yeah people love was. making them because people no, love no, no. making it's, them. It's basically what I just said. It's the way ratings are calculated. Oh, gotcha. Is, is different and um, and he's and he's right. Sometimes you read these sports for like League League of Legends. Most most of the audience anyway is in you know China. So and as right. you know. We don't know whether statistics coming out of China are real or fake. It's definitely fake. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, number one, and uh, should we should we two, should we fast forward to the TikTok? Uh, can you bring that up on the screen? Maybe that's a good segue you into wanna, <laughs> you wanna, <laughs> into whether you want to start million, with the tweets. Yeah, yeah let's, sure, let's, let's, okay. let's 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 segue let's segue right to uh, the TikTok okay. one. Fifty million. Is that real? I mean, if, if people are saying like, oh, this is so much better than Instagram or whatever it is, but okay, but it's TikTok. So are those real? Look, I think what's, what's fascinating, honestly, is when you look at celebrities, like, I don't know if you've, yeah, I don't know if you've been on TikTok hold on, a lot. Rich, long, hold on, but before you go, let me interrupt you for a second. Since this may be a podcast version, read what you got on the screen now. Okay, so we got Mike Dano. No, tweeting no, out, no. Verizon's top networking executive says that YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, in that order, are the three most popular applications on the operator's wireless network. But he said there's a new contender in the mix, TikTok. And then we've got a tweet, actually, from Charlie D'Amelio fans that she just broke the 50 million follower. So that she's the biggest on TikTok. She's only been on TikTok for nine months. She's got 50 million followers, which is a quarter of the largest Instagram followed person, which just happens to be from your favorite sport, Walt, Ronaldo's the number one TikTok, sorry, the number one on Instagram with over 200 million followers on Instagram. And so it's just a way of kind of showing that TikTok scale is moving very, very rapidly to catch up with things like Instagram in a fairly short period of time. I mean, Charlie was on Fallon back in March and she only had 35 million followers. And so I think COVID has been a huge boon for to sure. TikTok, for yeah. sure. I mean, just across the board. I mean, I don't know what the curve, what the user curve actually looks like for TikTok, but it was it was pretty steep going into COVID, and I think COVID has benefited all sorts of activities that. I think it's broad. I think it's broadening too, right? First of all, the algo is pretty good in feeding you what is relevant to you, but um, Gary V is 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 on there now. There's, I think. Again, Dude, people you are see like Bruce kind of Willis? Have you seen Bruce Willis's TikToks? I've seen them. I think it's hilarious. I mean, the, the, I mean, the videos on there are hilarious. Barstool's got some. What's that? Matisse Bible. I don't follow From him. Your Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, I don't follow him. Is his TikTok the game Barstool, good? The Barstool account is pretty good, I think. I but think it's hilarious. Everyone there's, is, hilarious yeah. there's hilarious stuff on there. Like people are bored out of their fucking minds sitting at home. We're not bored because we're working hard for our clients all day and all night. 
But I, I look, I do think TikTok is exploding. I really do. I think Snapchat's exploding. I mean, they talked about usage. I mean, I, look, I think all of these platforms are getting a ton of usage. I think the question is, is it's not, what is it's that? not you think we know, right? But, we, but, yeah. but, <laughs> Yeah, the question is, how that. is it being monetized? I mean, just this morning, I saw an ad on TikTok when I opened it up this morning. There was an ad for the Jonas Brothers. They have a new show on Amazon Prime starting today. Their concert film came out, but they're actually promoting it on TikTok. And I, it's just interesting to me how all of these, anyone who's trying to drive engagement, you sort of have to be on TikTok now, just like you have to be on Snapchat and Instagram. What's interesting about that, Rich, is that they actually did a well-targeted advertisement to you is didn't didn't you go see the jonas brothers a couple of months before concert stuff uh, uh my kids went with my wife i did not actually go but i did see the jo speaking of snl you i saw, saw the that? jonas brothers on snl last year so no, i did but, see them live no you know what you did see them at jingle ball they right? were there too i was at jingle ball they were there too yeah, I don't know what I don't know what type of information is getting sent back, but all I know is my battery burns big bigly when it, when I'm on the uh, when I'm on TikTok, and uh, which is take... usually which is usually part of uplink traffic that that's uh, that's creating battery burn. Okay, let's do some other tweets. Okay. In terms of things that are exploding this week, Netflix put up 16 million subscriber net ads, and that comes on the back of a quote survey, Walt, that I know you had some fun with last week. Um, saying that Netflix was going to be the first thing that people disconnected. Yes, that was an interesting survey. I don't even know what to say. Especially since I, I think the funniest part about this, <laughs> the survey is um, it, it was 99.9% .9 a U.S.-based survey. Well, we don't know right? any, first of all, I don't, we don't know anything about the survey, right? Was there this person's survey or not? I mean, look, as we all know, these surveys could be anything, right? I mean, I remember years ago, I had a competitor at Morgan Stanley who did a survey of some Latin American telecom companies and was zeroing in on, on an IHD at that time. And we figured out the sample size when it was like six. So we don't, we the don't know what this- The error was only like 58% or something. Right. <laughs> so, so I don't know what happened with the survey, but it seems like the numbers actually went the other way. But look, we'll see what happens in Q2. But I think what's funny, you know, is this idea that there was this massive pull forward. And, you know, we probably could debate it, but I'm yeah, sure there's well, some pull. I think there's, yeah, right. You were just going to say it, Rich. Of course, there's going to be some, there's going to be some pull forward. Um, but when you add subscribers, um, the turn rates generally are what they are, right? So, yeah, but I, like, I think it's more than that. I mean, there's nothing else on television and there's not going to be. I mean, we, we're going to get through the summer. There's going to be nothing to watch. I mean, I don't know if I mean, we're going to get to sports, I'm sure, but there's certainly not going to be TV content or movies for months. And so maybe it pulls right. forward from Q4, but I think Q2 is going to be pretty big too because there's just nothing else to do. You, you look at this Netflix show, Too Hot to Handle. Whether or not you think it's garbage content like Tiger King, um, the reality is the viewership is off the charts. I mean, we're, we're hearing reports that it is much, much bigger than anything else on Netflix so far this year. And so, you know, I just, I find it hard to believe people are gonna be disconnecting when they're spending more time watching and binging through these series. Rich, what is too hot to handle? Can you tell us about yes. it? Yeah. Can you, um, can, do we have a screenshot of that that you can bring up? A, a video? Uh, uh, we probably do, but I'm probably not going to do that here. 
Just tell uh, us what it is. It's a little, it, it, it makes Love is Blind look like family programming. Ooh, racy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's go. Uh, Walt. <laughs> Can you talk about what was said today on Verizon? Like, give us the play-by-play -play here. Well, again, what Rich is showing on the screen, for those that might be listening, is Verizon CEO, when asked by analysts about building its 5G network primarily in the back of millimeter wave spectrum, which is good for dense urban areas and packed stadiums and busy airports uh, where people may not be going for a while. So the premise of the question was that COVID is somehow going to change this what i would call oil tanker of a capex plan in terms of 5g and the theory that people are no longer going to be congregated i think what was referenced was stadiums to be honest like stadiums are are shared networks meaning like a company like boingo or a third party builds a shared stadium so i wouldn't say that stadiums are a a fundamental portion of verizon's capex plan ever because it's primarily shared network um so then we're talking about in the cities so people are just not gonna leave their apartments and congregate in the cities again for an extended, for an extended it's a period of time? It's a rush to the suburbs forever. We're all moving, yeah. we're all moving out of the city because yeah. of this. I, I had a debate with someone, the person was like, well, you know, if Disney parks don't open to X, you know, till X, like, you know, they're not gonna need it there. I'm like, okay, but so where are those people gonna go? Let's say you live in a city, which is the movement has been towards cities. So if you're not going to Disney, where are you going to be? Just sitting in your apartment on Wi-Fi for the next three years, four years? I, 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 it, when you look at the whole COVID thing, I think there's pockets of naivete on both sides of the spectrum, right? You have the people who are out there protesting who are naive to the current impact um, that COVID has in terms of health issues and deaths and so on and so forth. But then you also have alarmists all the way on the other side of the equation who think that the situation that we're in now is going to persist like this forever and that things will never- Literally forever, by the way. Literally forever. Because forever. if you're talking about a forever. capital investment plan of a company like Verizon, <laughs> yeah. which I can only approximate to an oil tanker, like or, to make switches or, now, you're assuming that this is going to last for multiple years because that's how yes. CapEx works. It's not like- Hey, dude, like we're going to switch CapEx because someone's not going to be in the city for the next six months. And then we're going to switch it back because they're coming back to the city. I mean, <laughs> there's going to be some there's going to be some some fallout from this. I think a lot of it will be a a an expediting of of trends and secular tailwinds that were occurring anyway. Um, but to, to think that people aren't going to go to concerts ever again, aren't going to get on planes ever again, are all going to flee to the suburbs, it's not, that's not happening. I mean, look, there was, a new, there was literally a New York Post article that showed a, a LaGuardia to Miami flight that was packed. And there was people on that flight, not protester type people like, you know, whatever, on that flight, no masks. Yeah, I think, look, I think again, there's naivete both ways. And I will say this with masks because this is a huge pet peeve. Do you my, wear one at home? By the way, do you wear one at home? Or, I don't, or... Dave Gettleman does. <laughs> but we have, now, we have now found out that there's a good issue. He did have an IT guy in his house. But this is the one thing people don't understand about masks are they're not really protective to you. They are protective right. to everyone else. So in my view, those who do not wear masks while they're out in public, 
it is equivalent to being a drunk driver. You are putting other people's lives in danger, never mind your own. Um, so that's, that's my public service message <laughs> for the day. It's a huge pet peeve of mine when I see people on the street not wearing them. I say mask. Well, well, let's talk about an industry that may need uh, to figure out the whole mask thing. Uh, you know, it's interesting because we've got Sony at the bottom. We've got a, a tweet from Sony saying they're moving all of their summer 2020 films out to 2021. And then we've got a Hollywood Reporter story saying that Hollywood's current hope is that cinemas will begin turning the lights on by late June in order to ramp up for Tenant, which is a Warner Brothers movie, and Disney's Mulan on July 24th. Uh, you know, th this to me literally sounds absurd. The concept of it may be fine to be outside in July. Sure, I can fathom that we'll be not quarantined. But the idea that movie studios are going to put out movies, big movies, you know, things that need to do billion, hundreds of millions, if not a billion dollars this summer, I just don't see how it even, I just don't see the dollars being there. <clears throat> Wearing masks to movie theaters, sitting six feet apart. Well, it's because the replacement is, to, I think your point though, Rich, is the replacement, meaning your television at home, is so much good relative to the excitement in the theater, as opposed to sports, where there's nothing replacing the feeling of being in a stadium when Deshaun Jackson returns a punt for a game-winning touchdown. Or Liverpool sc scores, there's nothing like that feeling, which is what theaters do not have. Like having people like gasp at a scene, I can live without. You look at you have to deal with, by the way, Mr. Eagles fan. Right, and, and the problem with movies is, but the reality is at least sports can play without fans. Um, movie theaters need people to be, you need butts in seats right. and you need yeah. lots of butts in seats yeah. all over the world. A hundred percent. That's the difference. The bottom, the bottom line on picking release dates and, and doing things like that at this point is there's a curve of probabilities that exist as to where we're going to be with the virus at different points in, in time. If you look at the probabilities, we're probably not going to be ready to go back to being in movie theaters on July 24th. Is it possible? Yes, I would not say anything is impossible at this point because the the data and the news changes on this all the time but i think it's just as likely that we'll be back there on july 24th as we will on july 24th 2021 we do not know right and i think that's the key here is that this, if you again it goes back to naivete like right but the difference here is is that you have a movie that let's just say mulan just because that's the one dated for July 24th. If you thought Mulan was going to do a billion and a half dollars and you release it on July 24th, who wants to be the quote unquote guinea pig? That film does two or 300 million worldwide and you book a multi hundred million dollar loss. Well, according to the mayor of Las, Las Vegas, they, they can be the guinea pig. Release them there first. They're the control group. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Didn't I say Vegas? Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's what I meant. You need a control group. You always need to have a control group. Let's just make uh, Vegas a control group. That's fine. Yeah. All right, on to the next. Wave okay. them in. Yeah, next one. Okay, let's go next because um, this one's really good. 
This was John Stanky. Basically, this plays off the last one, uh, the last topic was Stanky says on the earnings call, we're rethinking our theatrical model and looking for ways to accelerate efforts that are consistent with the rapid changes in consumer behavior from the pandemic. Now, he got a lot of um, crap for that from the industry. I mean, there was a, a real pushback of like, oh my God, AT&T is saying theaters are dead. We're not putting movies in theaters. And that's just people hearing what they want to hear. What he's actually saying in my mind is, the theater experience may never be completely the same, even when we get back to whatever normal is. Theaters may go out of business. There's gonna be a lot of fallout from what's happening right now. And I think it's prudent for Warner to be rethinking like, should movie windows really be 90 days? Maybe they should be 20 days or 30 days. Like I, I just think people heard what they wanna hear versus actually seeing what AT&T was saying, which is, look, the world is changing. We, we've gotta really think about does it make sense to have the old business model stay as it as it has been for the last 20, 30 years? And well, I, I don't know. Again, I think I think the world was changing before COVID. COVID sort of sped up that transition that was inevitable anyway. Let's not lose sight of the fact that AT&T would be looking for ways to increase their free cash flow in 2020. And one of the ways to do that is whether you blame it on COVID or not, is to materially take down those production costs over the next um, couple of quarters. So that certainly will be helpful to a free cash flow number, which is the primary focus of investors right now, whether they're going to have enough free cash flow to, to pay that dividend. And by the yeah. way, he, he's the new CEO, which was just announced today. So let's stick up one last topic on COVID before we move off of it is... Everything is related to COVID. Yeah, it's true. That's true. I, I mean... Look, we're all separated, I guess. That's true. So Cal State Fullerton has canceled in-person fall classes and will go online. This is a, a, an article in the LA Times and the tweet goes on, will other, basically, will other schools follow? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of Do you of know any details on like what, what um, instigated them to like make a call in April about something that starts in September? We don't. Um, you know, I think we're, there's been a bunch of articles by Arizona University, and there's more and more articles kind of talking about concern about the fall. And uh, again, fair, but how much advanced? The $20 billion question is how much advanced planning do they need to give to students? Is it one month, two months, three months, four months, six months? I mean, students pretty much already have their housing for next year. They haven't necessarily picked their classes or paid their tuition, but you pick your housing if, if you're not staying on campus. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like they've, most of the schools have figured out the online by now. But you've got so. 15 to 20% of students are probably coming from what overseas. I mean, if you look across the whole country, so that's probably an issue as well. There's, there's nothing sarcastic about that question. I'm generally curious. I don't know how it works. Yeah. I guess Walt, yeah. you have, you have a child in college now. So I just know. think it's interesting to make a decision. And I think we talked about this on, on one of our Light Shed Lives with uh, the head of the, what was it, the SEC or the Pac-12? Uh, I forget which yep. of them had mentioned it. Just, it's like, look, they're going to make the decision. Every day things change. So to, 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 I mean, this is very disappointing for these college, forget about the football players and the economics for the college kids to say you're announcing today that you're not going to have classes. And I mean, I can tell you, Dr. Oz, as an example, made a mention, made a comment about BU, which, you know, I've got a kid at, at BU, and that was not well received by the student body at BU, especially since Dr. Oz was popping off with information that was actually incorrect at that particular time. I, I think we're going to hear from- Does that surprise you? 
<laughs> no, yeah, but, not surprised, man. He loves to spread misinformation. <laughs> from talking to other universities and conferences, I, I think we're going to start to hear by, certainly by the end of May, I think decisions are going to be made more broadly. I So it's probably a few months, Brandon, to answer your question, is we're probably going to know before June 1st what happens. And all the signs seem to point to more and more universities taking seriously the idea of going online only, which, again, for looking in the background of, of your um, video right now, Brandon, college sports are certainly in trouble. And it doesn't mean they're canceled for the season, much like we're talking about with the NBA. This guy's a pro now. Uh, it, it may be that we're just delayed. I mean, you know, I think there's a lot of chatter that I'm hearing about is just people talking about what if you start college football season in February, like do a mid-February start to the football season. These schools need it. I mean, it's 95% of their revenue for the sports program comes from football. Yeah. So you play football in February. I mean, we'll still all watch if it's in February. And well, look, the bottom line is it's not a good sign. Fullerton, yeah. Yeah. Fullerton no. was the first domino. It's going to make other, it's going to make it easier for other universities to what I would describe as jump the gun in terms of making this decision. Cause I'm not sure what these things that you outline as far as students that are foreign um, coming in, like, you don't need this much time to make your decision on the fall semester. I, yeah. I'm not sure why that decision had to be made today. It would be great to get more color on that, but whatever. Let's move on. Okay. Onwards and upwards. So yes, let's, sir. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, oh, my God. Uh, hold on. No, I think I screwed that up. I got to do it again. Hold on. Oh, now it's good. So, uh, Brandon, you want to intro this and tee this up? I think uh, so. Last night, WWE reported their earnings, um, which led to kind of a, a relief rally in the stock today. Um, but it, it was an interesting window into what sports can look like without fans. So WWE right now is, has continued um, to tape their show in the WWE Performance Center. They have gotten an exception as um, oh, what do you call that type of service? Essential business. Essential, essential business. business. As, as an essential business in the state of Florida, we're not exactly sure how that happened, although there are uh, theories out there. Um, anyway, so uh, it's, it's well, interesting. Florida's motto is open for business. That's literally the motto of, of the state, you know, when, these, when the politicians get up, you know. So that's part Let of it. Let's just listen to the beginning of the, let's just listen to the beginning of the earnings call. We're going to play a couple of clips. Let's just listen. Okay. Thank you, Michael. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. As you obviously know, our Q1 performance was pretty strong. We had exceeded our rescinded guidance in a pretty, pretty wait. challenging environment. Rescinded wait. guidance. <laughs> they beat it, Walt. They beat the rescinded guy. I don't know why oh, they what, rescinded it. What did he just say? He, he said, can you replay that again? Yeah. Let, let, that. Wait, here we go. Why are we playing Thank you, Michael. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. As you obviously know, our Q1 performance uh, was pretty strong. We had exceeded our rescinded guidance uh, in a pretty... That's amazing. Okay. It's amazing. Uh, okay. late, let's just fast forward where he talks about what's going, what, what kind of hit the highlights of the quarter. Of, of Diddy, and, and we do that in every conceivable medium, you know, whether or not it's uh, television, straight off, whether or not it's digital or social. Um, so we, we're there. <laughs> uh, on the, uh, on the, 
far as television is concerned, Raw and SmackDown. Um, on Raw, we're off considerably. On uh, SmackDown, we're pretty much even um, as, uh, to where we started January 1. And it's interesting to look at, okay, what happened once we went to, and as it's our studio, which is uh, our performance center. And there really wasn't, especially on SmackDown, there really wasn't that much difference uh, in terms of where we were uh, and in terms of where we are now. It's a challenging environment, obviously. Uh, okay, I think what Vince is talking to there at the beginning is their content strategy, which is very much multi-platform. Uh, they do make most of their cash flow, EBITDA, any metric that you want to look at off of their television licensing deals for Raw and SmackDown. Raw and SmackDown ratings throughout the pandemic have not been good. Raw is down something like 23 or 24, 25% year over year. And um, SmackDown is, I think, about flattish, albeit it moved from being on USA Network, on cable, to Fox broadcast. So bigger uh, reach. So, bigger yeah, reach is helping the numbers. Reach, so the numbers should be much better. But this is the first instance of sports or near sports content that is being recorded without an audience. And intellectually, do you think, that's, do you think it's hurting? I would have I thought intellectually that the ratings would have been amazing because everyone is kind of clamoring for any kind of sports content. However, the ratings were not good. And so I guess we're left with, is it tough to watch sports-like content without an audience? Does it really diminish from the experience? Or is this more the same um, creatively WWE has continuously had problems over the last couple of years. Ratings have been in free fall um, generally. Um, even engagement trends on other platforms, which were very strong, have, have kind of flattened out, flattened the curve. I think, um, I think that's hard to know. I mean, look, I was like just going back to how we started this, like I was so fired up for the draft last night and it was such a letdown in terms of the yeah. excitement value i don't know if that's because the fans weren't there or whatever it was but it definitely i'm less excited but i i, I don't know it's a, it's a tough call what do you think brandon it, did any talent say they didn't want to participate like did anyone did any of the talent in wwe well, say put their hand up and say no because i've yeah. been thinking a lot about like are actors and actresses are big pro sports players like is anyone just going to say you know what I know the league wants to play, but the the risk isn't worth it to me. I don't want to play or I don't want to perform. Remember LeBron said when we were first going into all this stuff, saying I'm not going right. to play in front of no fans. fans. Well, it's yeah. interesting because there was, for a health reason, Roman Reigns, um, who's one of the bigger stars at WWE, was unable to participate. Makes a ton of sense. He just recovered from leukemia. He should. It's way too dangerous for him to take any any chance um, at getting anything. We have not heard from any of the other major talent that they that they didn't want to participate, um, which is good news. However, there was, I think, a city council meeting where somebody who was an employee of WWE raised their hand as, I guess, a whistleblower or something, and said that they didn't they were afraid to do their job, that there wasn't proper distancing going on um, within the studio but they felt like they would lose their job so they're continuing to do it so what do you so, think was it lack of fans or is it is it just the downward trend that that was 
previously existing for them. Or a little that's bit of both. That's a, that's, a, that's a bit of a non sequitur. <laughs> that's what we were discussing, but. Oh, sorry. But I think, um, I think it's probably a mixture of both. I, I mean, I watched the content and it's definitely not as exciting without audience reaction. I think wrestling in particular is a reaction sport. Um, more show. Uh, it's definitely less exciting, but again, creatively, they've, they've kind of had problems for a couple of years ago and fan interest has waned anyway. So it, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, the first, uh, but I think this, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I think the first test we're going to get is, is what Bundesliga starts in a couple of weeks. Is there any other, anything well, they, else that they're saying premier league in June, right? I mean, that's sort of the chatter. Baseball I don't know if it's hasn't true. Said anything. Well, again, first test, like what are we going to see in May? What type of sports are we going to see without fans in May to see what the, what the, there's, what the reaction is going to be rating wise. There's going to be the golf, right? Right. PGA is going to start. But I, don't, I think but PGA is not a big, crowd fan is it, noise is it, is it the pga or is it there was something special that that was happening uh, i don't I, think that's going to be a good limit like test. tom brady yeah i don't I, think that'll be, that, that that won't be a good limit i mean look they remember that that thing they, right unless they had like a one-on-one -on -one match at night that was kind of fun they did that a couple of years ago but i think bundesliga is probably our first probably a first look into you know a fan a fan heavy sport Right, and, and do react. all players play? I mean, I think that's the other part of this is, yeah. are there any players who in the Bundesliga who say, no, I'm not taking the risk for whatever the reason? And like, there's two sides of it, right? That it's going to be interesting to watch as kind of sports gets re-off the ground over the course of the summer. I think it's interesting with baseball, and I've read up kind of a lot on, on what the potential plans might be there because I'm a baseball fan. And it, I, I think it... It sounded like uh, Scott Boris was was on CNBC the other day, and and he said, "Oh, all the players want to play; they're willing to go through the quarantines and all these other things." But I've read on Twitter of players who are saying they don't want to be separated from their families in a pandemic and be and be quarantined away, and and go through a lot of what it's going to take to to uh, to get this executed. So no one's talking about the human side of being quarantined. Yeah. It's one it's one thing for the NBA playoffs for four weeks. It's or six weeks or whatever it would take. It's a whole nother thing to be quarantined for six months or to shoot a movie on the other side of the world, quarantined away from your family. Like I think those are things that are just I don't know how that's gonna work right now. And that's what worries me. <laughs> these are these are people human yeah. beings as you said the other thing is like it's just i think it's impossible really to fully quarantine so then you go back to that moment in basketball when the one player got sick like once the one player gets sick does that just shut everything down because of the different teams that they played i mean yeah. I don't... going back to wwe there was some on-air talent actually got the virus um that that was reported so even if they're doing the absolute best job possible, sure. it, it's still, it's nothing's going to be a hundred percent foolproof and there's going to be some element of risk um, that the leagues are going to have to feel comfortable with. Let's go to our last tweet uh, that we're going to talk about just because it just happened in the last few hours. Let's go to president Trump. Walt, why don't you tee this up for us since uh, this is your company, AT&T? Well, yeah, they're kind of juxtaposed. I think it's, well, let's start with what um, 
the president tweeted, great news, Randall Stevenson, the CEO of heavily indebted AT&T, which owns and presides over fake news CNN, is leaving or was forced out. Anyone who lets a garbage network do and say the things that CNN does should leave ASAP. Hopefully replacement will be much better. Interesting tweet, especially when juxtaposed with, I guess on April 14th, when they had this kind of big meeting with all these executives. If you can see, our li there's a list on our screen showing all these executives. AT&T was not invited there. What I find interesting, especially in juxtaposed with the CNN tweet on the left, is Comcast was invited? So what is T-Mobile. What call, um, well, T-Mobile doesn't MSN own a network, Rich. That's true. You're, so you're saying basically the idea that Mark Zuckerberg, who in many ways, there are lots of stuff that Trump doesn't like about Facebook or whatnot. Well, I was and, focusing and specifically Com on Comcast because the comp MSNBC. is obvious with MSNBC. Yeah, that, and, that's the comp. That is the comp. I mean, Facebook, you can bring up stuff like that. I mean, obviously Trump was tweeting today about Tim Cook bringing jobs to America. So I think Apple's in their good graces with our president. But how so, is Comcast? So why is NBC? NBC's good and CNN's bad, at least in, in that organization of executives that are All counseling say is together. That Comcast was invited to the party and AT&T wasn't. It's possible, it's possible that Randall was invited and just turned it down. That's also a possibility which may have spurred more Trump ire that led to today's tweet. Who knows? <laughs> that's, that's, that's actually a good point. <laughs> you know whose you know name also I didn't see on that list? Um, let's go back. Hold on. I'll put the list back up. Because I've seen these lists have showed like, you know, where the president is trying to engage with our industry. I didn't see um, Lion Tree on there. I thought Lion Tree was one of the, <laughs> one of the big names within, you know, the TMT world. How did they not make this one? What about Amazon, Walt? Bezos isn't in there either. Right, so WAPO, CNN out, MSNBC in. Yeah, I mean, no Amazon? Like, they've got Tim Cook, Sundar from Google, Larry Ellison, Oracle, Mark Benioff from Salesforce. I mean, where in the world is Jeff Bezos? I mean, what company, what tech company is more important during this crisis than Amazon to not have up on the screen? Just sort of shocking. On Washington Post. Guapo. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there you there you go. <laughs> um, I guess sort of fascinating. So well, it's, maybe maybe now that Stanky is in charge, that he'll get he'll get the next invite. Well, Stanky's in charge, and we got in a couple of weeks. We got Jason Kalar taking over uh, on the Warner Media front. You know, HBO Max just announced their May twenty seventh launch date. I'm just still shocked how people just don't believe in HBO Max. I mean, to me, we were going back and forth the other day, Walt, about just the breadth of programming. You were looking at some of the originals. I was looking at some of the Sesame Street stuff. They're, they're, doing, they're doing a talk show with Elmo, literally a talk well, show I, where they I interview what, people. So, Mike, actually, I, that's a quick, good question I have for you on this. Is oh, Speaking of Sesame Street, this is, this is a good oh, um, God. intro for my Now problem. I'm worried. That's oh. really a well done product placement. That's excellent. <laughs> it's uh, little Brandon. This yeah. is not planned. I actually have this on my desk. Um, my girlfriend thinks that I look like Oscar Grouch. I have no idea why. It's something about my eyebrows. Yeah, but I don't, I don't have a unibrow. Could we move back to Walt's question? Yeah, I just want to. 
I can't Goodbye remember. Up. I can't. <laughs> I can't remember what I was going to ask. What were we talking about? HBO again? Max. HBO Max. Oh, so the programming that all those trailers that they released. I mean, my the first one. Um, I thought was kind of HBO branding, but it, the rest of it just didn't seem like something that you would expect to see on HBO. So that, I guess that's my question to you as kind of the, the media guru and you and Brandon. Um, like, is I think that, what is we're that seeing off brand? No, it's it, the problem is the HBO brand is too niche. I mean, I think what we're seeing from Netflix is yes, Walt, you like Ozarks. Brandon doesn't like anything because he's got like some, you know, he, he needs like the most premium of premium, but like leave Brandon yeah. out of it. You know, my kids, you know, my kids are going through um, too hot to handle. They loved Love is Blind. Um, everyone but, likes but different that, types of content. Niche segment, so does the niche segmentation, though, allow them to better maintain price? I mean, you can make the same argument about Apple. They've needed a cheap phone, cheap phone. But if they focused on the premium element and they can charge the expensive phone. So by broadening, yes, maybe you're going to reduce your your churn or, or maybe bring in some more gross ads, but, but well, I think the, I the, the latter HBO, point, the latter from, point from, yes, from a top line perspective, you are going to, uh, you're going to have a lot more revenue coming in. You're going to have a lot more subscribers if you have broader content. Now, of course, there's a cost element to this. So does, does the equation work out such that it's more profitable. Well, well hold on. And, and we learned this week. Hold on. We learned something. Netflix subscribers are exploding. HBO reported as part of AT&T earlier this week, they lost subscribers yeah. year over year. I mean, subscribers are down. So yeah. like HBO needs to get broader to get bigger. I, otherwise, it's just going to start losing out on content to Netflix and other places. And so to me, AT&T is the only company that's sort of looking at Netflix going, we need to have a broad service. We can't just have a niche like Disney's doing. We need to go really broad. They have the asset portfolio to do it. They They're letting of 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 Warner. Behind. Yeah, I mean, my kids the, can't the wait Warner for Friends to come back earlier, which is cutting their production cost to <laughs> because of to COVID. fund the dividend to fund the dividend. Yeah, that that is Warner that, is that the same, same Warner? Warner? Same company. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you all for humoring us uh, and sitting through live from the shed today. Have we been very generous with our time? Hold on. Have we been very generous with our time? We've been very generous with our time. <laughs> We've been generous with our time. <laughs> uh, uh, who was the moderator we, in that? Was Brand, I, think, I felt like Brandon was kind of moderating a bit. Which Maybe one? we should pick a moderator each time. to. Like, I, I just want – I'd love people's feedback on this. Uh, so let us know what you think. Uh, we're going to do this regularly. Um, yeah, we don't care if you watch. We're just going to keep doing it. We'll That's find, true. We'll find our audience. We will find our audience. So, you know, if you, if you haven't made it to this point. On, be, on behalf of my partners at Lightshed, <laughs> Rich Greenfield and Walt Pysik, I'm Brandon Ross, and this is Oscar the Grouch. Thank you.